Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners, a special Monday edition. We have our first guest ever, Andrew Lynch, on the podcast. First of all, Andrew, I want to ask, how was Austin and the Bachelor Party? Outstanding. Could not, I mean, the weather was a little bit, you know, subpar, but other than that, could not have gone better. I became a champion axe thrower for the first time in my life. <laughs> I need video of that. Here's the thing, though. I was trying to give odds, and no one wanted to take them. Like, I don't understand why no one wanted to bet on drunkenly throwing axes responsibly in the city of Austin. Uh, I can still maybe next time. smell the alcohol on you. Yeah, uh, it's either that or the barbecue. Morning. Oh, the barbecue. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, my weekend, you know, my son's basketball team now seven. Seven and zero. Did you were, run the other team off the court we again? Be, so we were. We faced our biggest deficit of the year, You're four such nothing. Bullies. And I was rattled. We're down, you know, four nothing, and then we went on a twenty-four to zero run. And uh, the best part of this is, third quarter, I look up. You know, we're up like twenty or whatever. And then I look up five minutes later. We haven't added any points. And the assistant coach goes, "I think the refs stopped keeping score because uh, we were we were beating them pretty bad." That's nonsense. Um, Listen, yeah. we're not running. I out. am from hey. the participation trophy generation, oh. and I actually think it's okay. People should recognize that people are participating. That's great sportsmanship, all that good stuff. But you need to know by how much you lose, so you can get better for yes, next time. That's so fair. refs of the world. Keep keeping score. It's for the good of the children. I played Fortnite for the first time uh, yesterday. I still do not Did have they, the game. They probably stopped keeping score in that uh, one as well. I actually had a pickaxe as my weapon, and I quickly just handed off the remote because I haven't played a video game in years. But in between Fortnite basketball, I did some gambling. I had a productive week. Not a great Sunday. Um, but overall, it was a good week for me in college basketball. Very excited for tonight, this week. Uh, as our guest just reminded me, Arch Madness uh, is happening in St. Louis uh, for the degenerates out there who know what I'm talking about. So let's bring in uh, our first guest. First guest ever on the podcast. Ever. 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 We're going to bring in specialists. Uh, got, you know, for the Masters. Maybe Andrew Lynch knows a WWE. I was gonna say if gambler. we want to talk about esports and video games gambling, e-sport, that's out there. Yeah, yeah, that, Two billion dollar business in Counter Strike yeah. last Major year. Major League Baseball. Uh, I guess soon it's happening. I guess uh, Bryce Harper officially uh, has a team now. So we'll we'll do plenty on each sport. But college basketball, near and dear to my heart. So joining us today, uh, he's a producer on Undisputed. Sean Hurley. Sean, good morning out here in LA. Thank you for being the first guest Thank you. Had I known I'd be the first guest, I'm not sure I would have said yes. I mean, those are <laughs> no impossible pressure. shoes to fill yeah. here. So Setting sh- the bar real low. I, I often text Sean to get an idea of where he's going. He's a, as sharp of a college basketball guy as I know. And sometimes he's like, oh, I was sleeping. I usually bet right before the game. Sean, hey, you got to come correct. I wake up at 2 a.m. every day. Hashtag yeah. undisputed. Oh, boy. That's a rough <laughs> life. Um, first, I want to start off before we dive deep into college basketball. A couple good games tonight. Uh, we are both on an underdog that we'll get to shortly. But I want to ask you, your introduction to gambling. Were you one of these guys who was a teenager making bets in high school? Did you wait until college like myself? Uh, or, or how did you stumble into gambling? Uh, thankfully, you know, in my high school years, I still had a soul, still had a heart. So <laughs> still thought, you know, sports were fun for, you know, the win- the winner is all that matters. Now I know winners win, champions cover. Amen. Um, so... Like most people, you know, drinking 30 beers every Saturday in college, watching games, you start to realize, hey, maybe we can make this more interesting. And of course, everyone's broke in college, so I forget how it started, but uh, my fraternity brothers, someone just had the idea, hey, you know what, I'll start taking your $10 bets if you guys want, and that's where it starts, and then 
hopefully you get a little more money uh, yeah. once you leave college and aren't, you know, scrambling under couch cushions just to buy beer or buy food or whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I started dabbling in, in college, and then you kind of – it became more of a of – a, hobby though it becomes such a challenge where you're like wait how do you win like you, you lose enough obviously because everyone loses and uh you know you you try to find a way to outsmart the system because like any true sports fan you think you're you know more about sports than the next person of and course. it's never the case because that's why there are skyscrapers in vegas and all of that those fun cliches but uh yeah kind of just went from a way to like keep the games interested while pre-gaming for a party in college or mm-hmm. something and kind of evolved into a uh just a personal mission of like how to figure this out, yeah. which is where we're so at. So, what are the key sports you gamble on? Because you're not doing year round. I mean, I think that's crazy. Well, personally. yet you gamble year round. Uh, right. Come on, there's no way you're doing baseball a six month season. Hey, come value's on. value, man. You oh see an opportunity, gosh. you go for it. Have Have you bet on NBA summer league? Oh yes. Yes. There we go. Please. See, this Nearly is why we have Sean as our. And am first I even guest. breathing? Like, yes. you're not even breathing you. if you're not taking <laughs> NBA you. Summer League. Man, after my oh, own. Oh, that heart. Josh Hart Lakers team. Oh, 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 the geez. second death or sudden death. Summer second League MVP. Overtime. I am. Uh, I make J.R. Smith seem seem conservative in his Woo! chucking compared to how I gamble. But hey, teach his own. I'm. I'm not. Uh, you know, advising how to manage a bankroll like the really right. smart guys will. But. I will try to fire out some upsets and some winners whenever and, I can. And I know you love college basketball. Yes, bread and butter. H- hardcore uh, fan. Uh, do you want to start with the favorite team you like and back outside of gambling that you root for? Favorite team I root for? Well, I'm from Connecticut. You big UConn Huskies fan. People think I'm weird because I went to Syracuse. And it's like, how can you root for UConn? That's an arch rival. <laughs> Growing up in Connecticut, we had the Hartford Whalers. They broke my heart. Season ticket holder left when I was eight years old. Ooh. So all you have is UConn basketball. So I say, always say, like, people in the South, they have their college football. They're into that. People in Connecticut, it's Big East. It's college, mm-hmm. It's UConn. It's college hoops. You know, the whole unraveling of the Big East obviously hurt. But, um, yeah, something about, uh, you know, growing up with the fanfare of college, the one at done, the March Madness is just so perfect. But that's just the sport that has always been near and dear to my heart. Same odds to win the title this year as, I, as my alma mater, Arizona. So let's Arizona. go. Ooh, Arizona, <laughs> Jeez. Yikes. Uh, I, so let, let, me, <laughs> let me start with March Madness coming up. Any overall overriding strategies? Do you like to bet on certain coaches? Do you value the Ken Palm defense over offense? Uh, how much stock do you put in regular season? I mean, we could take Indiana and look at them. We could look at Duke, Kentucky, whatever. But any overriding themes you have heading into the tournament? Yeah, I don't pay much attention to the regular season when it comes to NCAA tournament. To me, what I look for, good coaches – and just a go-to guy, ideally in the backcourt. That strong point guard. Sorry to keep bringing up UConn. That Kemba Walker, that Shabazz <laughs> yes, Napier. Shabazz. That guy where you're just like, um, okay, that guy's a winner. That guy's tough as nails. That guy's got onions, as our guy Bill Raftery would say. Uh, those are the teams I try to flock towards, especially if you can play a little defense and you rebound. You're going to be in every game. So it's like who's going to hit a couple of shots in crunch time. Those teams tend to go on So defense, lead guard, coaching. Yes. You like Purdue heading into the tournament. No, because I, I actually don't. Purdue, Carson Edwards is awesome. I love Carson yeah. Edwards. I love Purdue. Matt Payne. The problem with Purdue is they're like the best November team ever. Yes. If you get them in like a feast week, that's when Purdue is at their best. <laughs> they're so well coached. They play so hard that they don't have that extra gear. So in March Madness, it's like everyone else raises their game and Purdue's just like, we're just playing Purdue basketball. So teams like that, I'm a little weary of. Sorry, Rago. 
<laughs> so let me hear some teams. You know, we'll do a little buy-sell here. Sure. Are there any teams you want to buy heading into March Madness and why? And then after that, we'll hit on sell. Tony Bennett's Virginia oh, Cavaliers. The number one team they, in Ken Palm. I but, know, it's like... But the fourth shortest odds. I and mean, there are three teams ahead of them with better odds, according Ooh. to Bovada this morning. Duke huh. at plus 210, Gonzaga at plus 850, Kentucky at plus 900, Virginia coming in at plus 950. Kentucky's ahead of Virginia yeah, at the moment. Wow. Yes, sir. Is that because of the public like. is always going to be all over Kentucky? I think that's more spe- that well that uh, for sure. But I think it's more anti UVA, which is unfair. Yeah. This team for the past five years, I always equate them to Jamie Dixon's old Pitt teams, where they're like top four every single year, and they just seem to like choke in the tournament and it's just something in the back of their heads and that's a fair concern for sure i can totally see why people are like uva doesn't get it done they have this mental block but you just can't you know turn a blind eye to like how good they are they're 21 and 7 against the spread second in the country um but the big thing is like everyone said this about villanova a couple years ago Mm -hmm. jay wright can't get out of the second round like he lost to you know some really hot teams there um, and UVA obviously losing to a 16 seed. They're going to be so fired up to prove yeah. people wrong. Nova now, they've won two of the last three tournaments. Like, at some point, UVA just has to get that monkey off their back. And I understand why people would be weary, but they're just flat out the best all-around team. And the team, I think the best coach in the country, um, you know, with DeAndre Hunter is going to be top 10, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, like guys that just are clutch and are not going to be scared of the moment. I think once they finally get you know, a scary game where they escape, they'll finally relax and be like, okay, we can do this, just like how Nova did a couple years ago. It's one of my my most hated misconceptions in sports. And it's so simple, but just because you haven't done something doesn't mean you can't do it, unless you're Sean Miller. That's a great point. I mean, when I look at the offense, they're number four in Ken Palm offense. Last year, they were 30. The year before that, they were 50. Now, uh, you're Syracuse Orangemen. You remember beating them in that. Was it it a crazy comeback? That was, they had no business winning that game. It was a... It was a like all of a sudden Beheim made a coaching adjustment for the first time in his life, and they're just <laughs> pressing like crazy yeah. and Brogdon. Brogdon, and yeah, and all of a sudden you see them getting a little tight, and they're like, "Not again, not again, not again." They were five minutes from finally making the final four, and that's what they can't have is when those dark thoughts creep in their head yeah. like that. So but, okay, so Virginia is a buy. They got a big game tonight. By the way. Ken Palm has them beating Syracuse by eight tonight. Okay. The line is cratered down. I'm seeing six and a half now. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I'm on I'm on Virginia here. I would take Syracuse. Senior night in Syracuse, uh, you know, Frank Howard ties battle. I just think this is a kitchen sink game for Syracuse. Like they, you know, they got a kind of a sleepy finisher at Clemson on on Saturday. But this is where they have to go all out. It's been a little bit of a disappointing season for them, especially after their Sweet 16 run last year. And they got everybody back from Right, this, and like... UVA, what do they really have to play for? They're going to probably be at the top of the ACC. You know, this is... the... They're not a lock for a number one seed. I no. mean, they're as close as you can I, get, right? They should be. Their only two losses were to Duke. That's a pretty decent team. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a, a classic. Syracuse is going to play so hard. They always defend. They always rebound. So they're going to be in, in every game. It's a matter of can they make a few shots. I think it's going to be one of those like first to 60 type games. So as long as Syracuse can hang around, keep it within five, six points, I don't see why they can't uh, cover that game. So so Lynch made a good point. There's some value on Virginia. If you say they're the best team, number one in Ken Palm, and they're only the fourth best odds, that, that's a pretty good buy. Give me another couple teams that you, you like, maybe outside of the top ten in Ken Palm. 
Outside of the top ten, is Michigan State top ten, Ken Palm? They are fourth. fourth. Okay, so we'll skip them. We, cause I, I do like Michigan State, Kentucky. We already talked about that. Uh, I would have said, and we're talking just to, to win it all or to... Yeah, I mean, get to the Final Four, win it all. Hmm. How about LSU? What do you think of them? I, I have like, a ticket on them. It's a low money. I love futures. Will Wade. I think he's yeah. like future of coaching type for sure. Um, little worried that they peaked too early. Like they hit their stride ever since that that crazy win at Kentucky, where it should have been offensive mm-hmm. goaltending. Uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden, Tremont Waters goes down. He's one of the, probably the top five point guard in the country. Um, and they're winning without him, and then he returns Saturday, and I think you and I both thought that that was a perfect spot for Alabama, which it Alabama. probably was. Which sometimes, you know, right bet doesn't win. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely a team to look out for. But with no tor- tourney experience, I, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Could, could be a dangerous spot for them. And they have a freshman point guard. He's good. Uh, I'd go back to Kansas State, honestly. Really? I know My only fear with them huh. is that they made a run last year, and that's another reason why I'm like I don't – I. Besides not paying attention to the regular season, because I think March is a different animal, I do like to look at history. And I, I just feel oh. like there's a weird evening out of, like, when teams going to run, maybe the luck isn't going to be on their side yeah. this year. Overachieved last year beating Kentucky exactly, yep. in the Sweet Six. And I think the public is going to be backing them because of that Kentucky win still. Right. 27th in the overall Ken Palm ratings, getting 90-1 to 1 at the moment. Wow. Win the, win the tournament. They check all the boxes as far as good coach. I, ask any Illini fan. They're like, we would love to have Bruce Weber back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Point guard Barry Brown, who's just clutch, does everything, defends. They defend as as well as anyone I've Top seen. Top five adjusted defense, yeah. according to Ken Palm. And uh, Will yeah, Wade, or I'm uh, not sorry, uh, Dean Wade. Dean Wade, yeah. uh, who they didn't have in that tourney run. He's just kind of a do-everything, um, kind of like a point center for them, which is weird. But So so those are the teams you kind of like heading into March Madness. What about uh, any that you're selling, that everybody, the public's all over? Uh, I know right now North Carolina's hot. They're My an offensive fault. juggernaut. <laughs> Every, the public loves them, and they're they're hanging a lot of points on a lot of folks. Uh, I don't necessarily like them. I'm not a huge Roy no. Williams guy. He's nope. cost me a lot of money in March. Um, any thoughts on the Tar Heels? Uh, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> uh, my favorite team to sell, mostly because – not the best, you know, week to be picking on old Roy, but I uh, hope he's doing all right. Yeah. But um, – yeah, I mean, we saw what happened when they ran into Texas A&M in the tournament last oh, year. Blast! When, when you're a team that doesn't play a lot of defense, like North Carolina, you better shoot the lights out, or mm-hmm. else a, te- a, a talented team with tons of NBA players like Texas A&M had last year is just going to run through you. Um, my biggest issue with North Carolina is, like, they're almost, like, too deep. Like, they play 10 guys, and it's like, who's, who's, there, who's, who's the go-to guy in crunch time? Is it Luke May, who's a turnstile on defense and drives a lot of Tar Heel fans nuts, I know. Um, but he's hit some clutch shots. But that would require, you know, a, a great play to be run like they ran when they survived against Miami. Um, you know, Cam Johnson, another guy, does he get the ball last? Is it Kobe White, who he's been really good, good point guard. I really, really like him. Lately. It's just like, do you trust him as that guy who's going who's gonna to win it for you? I don't know. There's a lot of uh, – a lot of people I know, some of my Tar Heel friends, they they actually think the team plays better when the second unit runs on. It, it almost kind of reminds me of like mm-hmm. the Celtics in the NBA, where it's like there's just not clearly mm-hmm. defined roles, and um, it just doesn't feel like this is the year for I'm North Carolina. I'm so glad you just brought up the Celtics because I'm not much of a college basketball mm-hmm. fan. All of my bets are going to come from the data and trying mm-hmm. to find a team like Virginia, where I think there's clear value there. 
But I, as I listen to you talk about March and college basketball, it very much reminds me of the NBA playoffs and something that Maverick Carter said a couple of years ago where he said, Kyrie Irving is probably maybe a little overrated in the regular season, but in the, in the playoffs where the, answer, the question becomes, do you have a guy who can just go get you a bucket, even better at doing that than LeBron James? Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is probably one of the most underrated players in the postseason. It sounds like it's a very, very similar mindset in March in college basketball. Yeah, and you're talking to the biggest Kyrie Irving hater on the oh! planet. <laughs> uh, as soon as they made the trade, I, I was ready yeah. to just burn all my Celtics gear. I, I do not like individual isolation, dribble, dribble, dribble players. And uh, two years later, I've been on this, you know, they might be better without him train for a while. But in yes. fairness, you might be right that they're a better team in the playoffs with him. We haven't seen that because yep. obviously we saw in Game 7 last year they needed that elite closer, which there's no doubting Kyrie's ability in the clutch and ability to close. Um, I'm just all about Fitz, and him and Brad Stevens to me are like oil and water Absolutely. as far as ball movement and Kyrie. Yeah, I don't want to get us too far down. No, no, that's fine. Listen, I'll talk X-Jones all day. Any thoughts on another Celtics loss on Sunday to the Rockets? This team could lose in the first round, Sean. Absolutely, they could get bounced in the first round. Absolutely, and now everyone's like, "Well, Philly can't beat them." Can't like if, if enough people say Philly can't beat them, guess what? Philly's, Philly's gonna yeah. beat them. Tobias Harris. I don't think they've faced him that since he's come over to Philly. Have they played him? Shout uh, out our good friend. Chris I think Bizarre. he was in that game without Kyrie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but again, that's another example where it's like everyone's like, not only you know was the defense better, the offense better. How about the smiles you saw yeah. from the Celtics bench in that game? Like Gordon Hayward time. like dropping thirty in that game. It was like, I was like, oh, this is our team again, where you know pace and space, and there's no clearly defined role, and everyone's like, maybe this could be my night. That's what gets this team excited. And when it's the Kyrie show, as they've all said, they kind of just sit and watch. So you have no issues if Kyrie bolts in free agency. You don't care. Oh, please. Then I- <laughs> <laughs> Good wow. riddance. So is that the, now, I'm, I've never liked Boston as a city being a guy born in New York, but is yeah. that the sentiment in Boston right now? Uh, like, let's it's move certainly on. picking up more and more steam, but no, when the, people were excited. There's tons of Kyrie jerseys out there. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm as uh, you know contrarian as it gets in that, but no, there's definitely more, uh, more and more steam picking up where it's like, ah, oh, we miss our scrappy underdog team, and now we're just this lifeless watch Kyrie uh, dribble, 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 like I've said, and it's just not the same team. It's not that they really captured the city's attention last year with that, and Boston obviously is more yeah. used to that underdog. Nobody believes in us. Um, and it just seemed like the spark and the fun went away as soon as this guy came yeah, back. Yeah, no, no, I, I would totally agree. All right, I want to quickly go back to college basketball. We haven't mentioned the best player in the sport, Zion mm-hmm. Williamson. I'm assuming you agree with that. Yes. Uh, hasn't played, but producer Conrad said he's expected back for the North Carolina uh, game to end the regular season. Any thought? Is Duke beatable when they have Zion? If Duke's best is better than anyone else's best, hence the two wins against Virginia, who I think is the best team in the country. Uh, so when they're operating off cylinders, I th- they will roll through everybody. Um, and I think z- what we've seen without Zion is how valuable he is on the defensive end. They looked like this was one of the sneakily everyone's like, oh, Duke, run and gun, R.J. Barrett, like Zion dunking. Like nobody was realizing how good and efficient they were defensively. Mm-hmm. With Zion out, they all of a sudden realize we have no semblance of an interior defender, nobody to protect the rim. Uh, so his value cannot be um, more overstated. But, yeah, I love Duke mostly because with Zion, with you know, defensively they will lock you down. I think in a one-and-done situation there's not going to be any 
weird letdown games from them. So they're going to bring it every night. And to me, uh, Trey Jones is just everything you want in a college point guard, just someone who's tough, will defend you full court, will make the right pass, will hit a three when he needs to, but will defer to his you know, NBA all-star teammates. One of three teams at the moment currently in the top ten in adjusted offense and adjusted defense. Virginia, Duke, and Michigan State. ACC pretty loaded. But on Zion, so they have four losses this year, two without Zion, and the Syracuse game – uh, the point guard got hurt in the first couple minutes, right? Right. And, and didn't return, and they were kind of out of sorts, lost in overtime. The only other loss was the Gonzaga one in Maui, a, a tremendous game. Right, the R.J. Um, Barrett. I'm yeah, just going to take the ball and try to score and screw my team ball over. down yeah. the, down the uh, stretch there. Uh, so unbeatable with Zion, but what if he's not 100%? I mean, oh, there's, I mean, they're beatable regardless. Uh, look again, at the track look record. Look at the three-point shooting. 326th in the country. Right. If Jack- you throw a zone at them and Zion's not 100% and they're missing their threes, I, and they're not a good free throw shooting team either. That's that's a number I like to look at, especially gambling in March. 227th yeah. in free throw shooting. Yeah. I mean, trust me. I, I've Most years I am more than excited to gamble against Coach K in yeah. March, even though everyone's like, yeah. oh, best coach in the sport, blah, blah, blah. There just seems to be – Tons of letdowns. I don't. I think I was telling you about South Carolina beating them a couple years ago. Yeah, no, like, no. I was you, I screaming think you, you for that were all one. Over that second round Thank, game. Yes, right? I did. Yeah. It's just again, I'm not a college basketball person, but when I, as a gambler, when I look at these futures odds for the tournament, and I see that a team is plus two ten, so you were telling me more or less this team wins the tournament one out of three times. That seems bonkers to yeah, me. Yeah. In a 64, 68, whatever it is. Those now, odds are so games, those odds are so low. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to me from just a pure expected value yeah. perspective. That that tells me Vegas knows how good they are and those odds are so low you might want to take it just because it's like oh my god because they, uh, they could go on one of those anthony davis kentucky runs where they're just beating yikes. everyone by double digits. Uh, let me throw out two last teams to wrap up here tennessee any thoughts on them not a great yeah. defensive team we know rick barnes has had some issues in uh march mm-hmm. uh, in his career any thoughts on the vols i i have a futures ticket on them to win it all I like them a lot. I think the whole Rick Barnes, the terrible coach thing, is getting overplayed at this point. I mean, the guy shows up at Tennessee, who has been a good program, but now all of a sudden turns him into a number one – they were the number one overall team for a, for a while they this year. a better year. women's program for, right. for like a decade. The thing the with Tennessee is you just – they're tough as nails. They got guys with McIntyre arms just – <laughs> These guys do not miss arm day, shoulder day, bicep day, Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams. Sometimes you can just like tell when you see it, people's eyes. I want to go to war with that guy. I want to be in the trenches with that guy. Grant Williams hits clutch shots all the time. Admiral hit so many clutch threes to beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, so a little worried that, you know, um, we saw what happened to them last year oh, when they started missing man. shots. Loyola hits them. Hits them. They were just on a miracle yeah. run. Yeah. I had Tennessee in that game. Right. Yeah. But, no, Tennessee is like those guys aren't going to shy away from the moment, which is why I like them. Uh, the last team I'll, I'll mention, they had a loss this weekend. They're not top 20 in offense or defense, but holy hell do they have depth and veterans, and I'm talking about Nevada. Oh, okay. I, I, it's I, Nevada. Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. whatever. 26-3. Uh, and three. Um, when it comes to vet, they got a lot of like 22 year old dudes yeah. on that team who, if you're playing a bunch of freshmen, you know, I'll never forget that comeback last year uh, in March Madness. An incredible rally by Nevada. They're just. Don't even get me started on that game. I, I had a had lot Cincy, right? invested in Cincy, yeah, Cincinnati making a Final Four run. And I still believe that besides Nova uh, and Virginia, that West Virginia and, C- and Cincinnati were the best teams last year. And they. I turned that game off. I never turn yeah. a game off. 
and just a absurd run by Nevada, which is what they can do. But I actually had them second on my sell list because oh no, mostly because last year was kind of their crazy luck, their miracle run. But these Martin twins take some of the worst shots I've ever seen, and they have that weird like he just flails his right leg and his fallaways. So they were hitting them in that since he come back, and they can get hot. But I'm telling you, you keep taking shots like that in March, and they're not hitting. Uh, to me, they're a trendy or that's who i would have my eye on as far as getting upset in the first game well they're not gonna be a high seed yeah i mean 20 did you see what jordan caroline did the other night he's like breaking a fire extinguisher i don't know something doesn't seem right uh to me i I just would be leery of selling that team because of you know i know they don't look good uh when they're taking shots but the the mark those guys play as hard as anybody it's like a six nine point guard running down your throws i I like this team i i know people it's gonna be a trendy team to bet against but they got so many dudes who were like 20. Remember Villanova? Yeah, true. Had, had a guy who was like 24 years old. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, they, they, that experience matters in March. These guys, I don't think these guys are afraid of anything. Absolutely. But, you know, 512 is a trendy upset spot. Um, all right, so we did, did a lot on college hoops. Let's uh, finish quickly tonight. Uh, TCU in a spot at home. I, again, I said I was on TCU uh, earlier. They're at home against you know, against a team. I, I think they can beat outright. Mm-hmm. Um, will you be betting on the game? And yes. uh, do you have a side? That's like asking, are you alive? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I especially with TCU losing at home to Texas Tech. There's no shame in losing to Texas Tech right now. That is the hottest team in the world. We might even get to that game in a second. Um, but I just have too much faith in Jamie Dixon. TCU runs great offense. Back to back. Uh, borderline must-win home games yeah. as far as they're kind of right on the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, losing their, their point guard, Jalen Fisher, hurt them a little bit. But they're still teams like that that play really hard, run good offense. Like, you're going to give yourself a, a chance to win good coach. every night. Great coach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do like TCU to upset K-State. K-State played really well against Baylor and didn't cover only because they uh, missed a ton of free throws on Saturday. So I think it's actually a better spot where Kansas State might be a yeah. little more flat. K-State, um, by the way, one of the worst free-throw shooting teams in the country. Yeah. 310th. Factor that in in March, That folks. is a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's not – you don't want that, especially with the lines being so tight. That's the problem with Wisconsin as well. Yeah. Oh, gee. Ethan Happ, you got to get him off the I court know. with a minute I left. I mean, you can't. So we're both on TCU tonight. Lynch, you, you, would you dabble on TCU just tailing two guys who sound like they know what they're talking about? Yeah, let's call it a half unit. There we go. TCU. I like the over, too. Uh, I, I want to quickly close with any NBA thoughts. I, I've got to ask because we'll talk about it shortly. Uh, the Lakers, LeBron, it looks like no playoffs. Yeah, it's um, I, I know as a producer on Undisputed, a show that uh, talks brutal. about LeBron brutal. occasionally. Um, We're praying. <laughs> this is bad for everybody. Content folks, Not TV good. executives, podcasters. Yeah. It, it, can they get in the playoffs at this point? No. It's over. I think it's over. Yeah. It, it, it's it, like it, not even worth, yeah. So what do you do? Does LeBron, ta- do you just say, hey, LeBron, you know what? We lose to the Clippers tonight. Just shut it down. Save your energy. Uh, I, the, the body language is like something I haven't seen since. It's almost Boston Since the Celtics first time back. he left Cleveland. Remember when he, you know, no, no, no. Took the shirt off against the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. Took the shirt off. Pretty much did the same thing against Milwaukee. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, but at least this forces them to be like, okay, no matter what, they're trading these Kuzma Ingram types. Well, they are they, are they surely dealing Ingram? He's had an amazing He has been good, game. yeah. That's another guy where it's like... Well, first of all, let me ask. Is Tatum going to be on the table for Anthony Davis? I've Abs- maintained no way. Absolutely. 
I even love, if they're losing Kyrie? As Tatum himself said, like he would trade, he would trade himself. himself right Thank you. Is he yes. saying that because he's sick of he's playing with Kyrie He's saying that because Irving. he's one of the smartest players in the league and he's being honest. I love Jason Tatum. I do think the Paul Pierce corollaries are accurate. I'm a little concerned that he was working out with Kobe Bryant this summer because what people aren't realizing, he takes some of the worst mid-range jumpers I have ever seen, and he keeps doing it. And we've criticized guys for, oh, like, you take a long two, that's the worst shot in basketball. That's like his bread and butter shot, and it's not working this year. That was the joke on Twitter, right? It was like Lakers fans were like, yeah, Kobe's out there sabotaging the Celtics by working (laughs) out with Tatum. Exactly. He turned 21 yesterday, I believe. And we're going to be excited. Oh, no, I love it. Yeah, I'm just saying he's he's not – Anthony Davis is an – absolute okay. unicorn but you even said you want Kyrie gone the, the body language from Kyrie says yeah. he's done with playing yes. with these young guys why would you deal Tatum if Kyrie's gonna be leaving well I will say Ainge has been going after Anthony Davis since he yeah. was like <laughs> junior in high school it seems like he this is like his long coveted since Kevin Garnett like who do I want who do I want I guarantee he would have said Anthony Davis like this is his next guy he's gonna win a title with just seems like with Danny Ainge like he doesn't like to lose. He's gonna go out. He's gonna get. He's gonna find a way to make this happen. He's just been chasing AD for too long. I, I'm a Danny Ainge guy. Uh, I hated him in the '80s, rooting for the Lakers. Um, but I, I gotta say this: like, if they lose Kyrie, he mm-hmm. trades Tatum for Anthony Davis, and Davis leaves after a year for the Lakers. That would be bad. But we've heard this so many times, and like, it does seem. I think AD's wired a little different than Kyrie is. I, I, I think he I think Kyrie's been saying, oh, the Celtics mystique, the banners, like saying all the nice things. He doesn't give a crap any of that. Like he wants to be his own his own guy in New York and kind of be the number one. Davis is a little more mild manner. I think he will you know, everyone's like, why would you go to Boston? I don't know. It's one of the most storied franchises ever mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, amazing mystique. And you have all these legends that it's everything keep coming back. It's everything supposed to exactly. be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it, you bring up an interesting point. Like, Kyrie wants to be the guy. We think Kevin Durant wants to be his own person. Yeah. We know LeBron does. Anthony Davis is a top six guy. Does he want to be an alpha? I had a beat writer from New Orleans on my radio show. And he was like, no, Anthony Davis doesn't want to be the guy. Maybe. When DeMarcus Cousins showed up. He was instantly the alpha on that mm-hmm. team. Anthony Davis was glad to take a back seat. If he goes to Boston, he's going to have to be the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced. I think there's a difference between like a guy you go to in crunch time and an absolute alpha. Like Maybe Anthony Davis is the perfect fit for Brad Stevens because they play their best when they're yeah. sharing the ball. Okay. And guess what? You have Jason Tatum who, again, I already listed some concerns about a shot making, but he's who I want with the ball in his hands and crunch time because he can create his own shot and hit that little step-back jumper just like Paul Pierce used to. I mean, there was no doubting KG being the alpha, but Paul Pierce was getting the last shot in all those games. Is Steph Curry an alpha? I can say that. Here's what I would say. I would argue he's a different type of alpha, but I think by the traditional definition, and AD might as well be that alpha. We just haven't seen him in a situation where he's been able to express those leadership skills. That's a great point because about two years, three years into Curry's tenure, you would have said he can't be an alpha. Now, the, I'm, and he I'm, might be the best player, but yeah. Draymond Green is the alpha male of that locker room. And to go back to uh, Jason Tatum, can he be in a future MVP in the NBA? Because, again, three years into Curry, nobody was saying, yeah, that guy's going to win two MVPs. I think Tatum can be an MVP of the league. Sure, and he has all the, you know, but, again, there are tons of, what is he, six eight small forwards, wing scorers. Anthony Davis was that guy – He's a he's a seven footer with point guard skills, just like Durant, basically, because 
he grew up a point guard that all of a sudden grew like eight yeah, inches yeah. as last year in high school and it's like oh you're that tall and you can be a point and you have point guard skills but to answer your those in- are the guys you can't find sorry but to to answer your initial question that you know to start this topic and to bring it back to gambling a little bit yeah i think it's like maybe one more loss the lakers shut it down because you were in a position where you're two games ahead of teams like the heat and the pelicans right now and that's the difference well it's it's marginal if you can slip behind the Heat and the Pelicans in the win column, you're going from a 1% chance at the first overall pick to a 3 or a 4.5% chance. And again, three, you know, 1 out of 33 times, that's not very significant, but it's better than 1 in 100. We saw, you know, not to get into a gambler's fallacy or anything like yeah. that, we saw the Bulls and Derrick Rose. We've seen this before. Kyrie the, and the Cavs. Exactly. So, Kyrie and the Cavs, sorry, you're right. So to add to that, Lynch, great point. Currently... The Celtics own the Kings pick, which is 14th. Right. Lakers are 13th. If they decide, you know, we're going to tank and they go 5-15 and 15 the rest of the way, they could be in line to have a much better draft pick in the deal that they would hypothetically send to New Orleans than whatever Boston can. Although Tatum is better than Ingram and Kuzma. Right. We would agree on that. Yeah, it just seems like they're ready to cash their chips in. Like, re- the whole rebuild has gone incredible, better than anyone could ever imagine. But now, clearly, with Ainge still stubbornly thinking Kyrie is the answer, he thinks it's time to cash in all these prospects and, you know, uh, assets, as they say, for actual elite-level all-stars like he did with the, the uh, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, KG. You victory. talk about how we're in trouble as uh, content creators and podcast hosts and things like that when LeBron misses the playoffs. Just wait till the Lakers win the lottery. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, Sean Hurley, he producer on Dispute. I'll get you out of here with this. Would you bet on the Boston Celtics to win the East at this point? Lynch, I don't know if you can find odds on just win the East. No, only if Kyrie got hurt. or (laughs) (laughs) If Kyrie got hurt. Yeah, without Kyrie, I'd give it a chance. But honestly... I'm looking at that Toronto roster right oh, now, and it's like, oh, it. I know you, you poo-poo Marcus. Marcus they got swept last year by uh, LeBron. Is he and, in the East anymore? Is he in the East anymore? He's Was not, Kawhi Leonard not. there? I mean, they've not. got everything you possibly want. Hey, by the want. way, why isn't Kawhi playing on back-to-backs? I can't. You can't that, play on Toronto. You don't know who the hell's playing. That's my biggest issue with Toronto. I'm not sure they like Kawhi because they're like, why isn't this guy playing? Yeah. Uh, and that cloud. Kyle's still in his feelings about DeRozan trade. Uh, once but, they're in the playoffs and the spotlight is on Toronto. I think people are going to start asking Kawhi about his future. Nobody's asking him because he's in Toronto. Yeah. But uh, you really like the Raptors? Absolutely. What so, are the, uh, that's what I was just about to say. So we'll play a little game here. Um, if you had to make a bet today, Bucks plus 170, Raptors plus 180. This is to win the East. Celtics plus 230, Sixers plus 240. Wow. 170 Bucks, 180 Raptors, 230 Celtics, 240 76ers. Sean, you want to go first while I mold this? Yeah, I think the I think the Bucks are a lock to make the East Finals, but they're like they just feel one year away. They don't have that much experience. I don't really know what you do with the last shot. Like Giannis, to me, is not like a this is an ISO last shot type of guy. He's just such Chris a freak Middleton, baby. Everything. I do love Middleton. Middleton's <laughs> maybe the most underrated player. Correct in the answer: Brooke Lopez for three. Brooke, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So lock to make the East Finals. So let's say that is accurate. By the way, they dispatch yeah. Orlando. Second round would be Boston or Philly. Yeah, they'll smoke both. Yeah. I don't wow. trust Philly at all. So then you're betting on the Raptors or Bucks to come out of the East. Yes. Lynch? Uh, I took the Bucks at 20 to 1 before the season started. I've loved this Milwaukee team all the way throughout the regular season. I've expressed some reservations about Budenholzer as a postseason coach. Um, I think this is a very, very different roster and a very, very different team with a true superstar in Giannis that uh, Budenholzer didn't have in Atlanta. 
So I think a lot of those reservations for me have gone by the wayside. I would go Milwaukee. Interesting. I'm going to go with the team with the most talent, undeniable, the 76ers. Okay. Uh, We haven't seen Tobias Harris in a big-time postseason spot. Joel Embiid, I don't know what's going on with the injury. He hasn't played in forever. And I know people are out on him. I was hanging out with a, a Philadelphia guy Saturday night. And he's like, I don't like Ben Simmons. He cannot shoot. And huh. Ben Simmons had an amazing game against Golden State. He I like really Ben good. Simmons, yeah. I'm a huge Ben Simmons guy. In the playoffs, uh, you know, matchup-wise, I think the Sixers match up great with the Bucks. Maybe. I mean, you you, you throw T.J. McConnell on uh, I, here's, on I, I would I would be I would, yeah. Who guards Simmons is a question. Like, where do you put Bled? I guess Bledsoe's chasing around Redick. Hey, yeah, Bledsoe it could be a matchup. Well, problem. I, I joked about him just a minute ago, but that Sixers defense is so predicated on Joel's ability to defend the rim. When you have Brooks stretching him out to the three point line, I mean, he's taking yeah. six point six threes a game. Like, it it's uh, going to stretch that Philly defense. To its limits. Do you put Tobias Harris on Lopez and then have Embiid kind of play on Giannis? Because we know Giannis, hey, we'll take all the threes you want, Giannis. We'll give you all of them. I need to see how Philly spaces that floor, too. It it just seems like Harris and Butler, they're both kind of – I know Harris can shoot the three, but he's more of an attacker. Simmons obviously isn't shooting. He's driving. Embiid, you don't want him loafing around the perimeter. You really only got Redick. You're going to miss the depth they had with Bellinelli. Redick's like your fifth option. And I'm a huge Landry Shamit guy. I think that's a big (laughs) – yeah. This guy's wait, a lethal wait, you shooter. You Jimmy Butler. Now, that's a eh. potential ticking time. Of, I'm a Butler guy. Uh, so, anyways, all right. Hey, great stuff on college basketball, NBA. Sean Hurley, should we give out your social media stuff? Do you want a bunch of random followers for no. gambling? Our no. followers are very kind. You don't Let's, post. I don't post. Don't I'm superstitious. If I start posting pics, even with you, I'm like, I don't. even like this, I'm like, uh, it's crazy to bet against Virginia, but I'm going to do it because I like pain and suffering. I will say our audience is very, they'll let you know when you and I are I, wrong, but our, I, I love our audience. I will they're, say, uh, they're very, very playful in the space. The, the Instagram <laughs> fans of this podcast are much nicer than the Twitter ones, you know? Anytime you post a pick and it's wrong, the jabronis on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure. It's not fun. As you should. Hey, if I'm wrong, hold my feet to the fire. But But I mean, I love you, Twitter. 58%. That's all you got to hit. I do not love you, Twitter. It's a cesspool of everything wrong with humankind. But other than that. And on that note, at his and Hurley's. Thank you. (laughs) Sean Hurley, great stuff. Thank you for joining Coming Up Winners. All right. All right, we wanted to wrap up the podcast with some NFL combine slash NFL offseason thoughts. Uh, first of all, shout to producer Conrad. If you listened to last week's podcast, Mr. Ohio State himself, he said there's no way Haskins runs under, I believe it was 471. 471. Haskins came out, ran a five, maybe a five. Uh, it was slower than Quentin Williams. <laughs> I mean, I'll get to Dwayne Haskins and know that he's not a runner. And if he was fast, he would be running. There was plenty of opportunities for him to do it. He's just not fast. It's not him. He's a lot closer to a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning with how he plays quarterback. We dive into analytics and stuff so much around here, as you should. It's really hard to find edge, you know, in gambling. But sometimes things are just so simple. If he were fast, he would be running. Period. Right? That's, Is that a real. shot at uh, what's his name uh, from the rival network? Uh, no, kidding. Lynch. No, not at all. It's just like sometimes, you know, I say this all the time. Do your homework. Figure out what's important to you. Get deep into the numbers. But also do, give yourself a little bit of a, a, a reason check. Just, you know, use your rational brain and say, 
hey, how much you know deeper do I really need to dive into the numbers here versus just looking at something like his past you know rush splits? It's not that hard to go on YouTube and look at all the Haskins performances. These guys put them online. Video uh, is data. Yeah. It's not quantified data necessarily, but it's still data. And another one was the Kyler Murray uh, draft pick. I believe it was either last podcast or two podcasts ago. Nine and a half was the over-under for Kyler Murray. And we were like, you got to pound the under. Look at the last few years historically. Everybody takes quarterbacks early. And Kyler Murray measures 5'10 and a quarter or whatever it is, 207 pounds. And boom, he's now going to be the number one pick, right? Joel Klatt, as you noted, coming out saying he's going to be number one. Peter King's saying he's going to be number one. Uh, Sam Farmer, the LA Times now saying the Raiders are going to trade up to number one for Kyler. Like, Kyler Murray's going first overall. It feels like a formality. What are the gambling odds now? Well, so it's interesting. Uh, Thursday, before the com- all the festivities of the Combine this weekend, uh, Kyler Murray was down to plus 200 to be the first overall pick. Nick Bosa was still the odds-on favorite at minus 200, uh, but Murray had the second shortest odds right behind Bosa at the plus 200. And as of this morning, they've adjusted the the over/under on his draft of Kyler Murray's draft position. You want to take a guess? Less than a month ago, it was nine and a half. What do you think that number is today? Uh, since the Raiders picked fourth, I'll say four and a half. Two and a half. Really? Over two and a half is plus one forty. Under two and a half, massive favorite, minus one eighty five. So even so, there's I guess listen, there's got to be a tiny chance that as Arizona does more homework, they decide, hey, we want Haskins number one. And then someone trades up for Murray, too. That's got to be a possibility. There's not a scenario where Kyler Murray doesn't go one or two. Short of, you know, some drug, failed drug test or DUI, what, something dramatic. But right now, I would say definitely the under two and a half. I don't see. I don't understand why John Gruden would want to trade up and get Kyler Murray for number one. I think Kyler Murray would fit perfectly with Cliff Kingsbury in this new Arizona offense. If you're, if you're John Gruden, you're sitting at four. Haskins isn't going to go two or three unless somebody moves up big time. I think Haskins would be better for John Gruden in that offense. I'm with you guys. Uh, Lynch, would you, is that an actionable play for you? Under two and a half. Absolutely. Yeah. All day long. Okay. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll just quote our friends at the Action Network here and Matthew Friedman who wrote this this morning. Uh, at minus 185, that's about a 65% implied probability that Kyler goes in the top two. I would say closer to, what, 80% that it actually happens. So there's value there all the way up to, gosh, my, probably minus 250. Ooh. All right, we will close on this. Uh, the, the word, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, leaked out that Nick Foles, according to Philly.com, is going to be signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, obviously, you can't sign until the first day of free agency, so it's not done. But Nick Foles to the Jags is interesting. I'm going to be going on Lock It In today. And, of course, one of the questions... Jags Super Bowl odds, do they improve thanks to Nick Foles? Which is sounds funny, right? Uh, it doesn't appear that the odds for the Jags have changed. My first thing was, I want to look at the schedule. That that stuff matters. Uh, and I just looked at the Jags schedule. Um, they got to face the Chiefs. They got to face the Chargers. They got to face the NFC South, meaning Falcons, Panthers, Saints. I don't see a path to, say, 12 wins and home field advantage, which is what they're going to need. And frankly, there's chatter about Malik Jackson, their defensive tackle, being on the market. They're going to, be, uh, they have another defender in the front seven, I believe. They're looking to trade. Uh, they're going to keep Jalen Ramsey, but there, there's no way I'm betting on the Jags to, you know, win the Super Bowl, even win their division. I don't think there's any value there. Lynch, what do the numbers say? Just too much uncertainty right mm-hmm. now. I, they're right at the middle of the pack, you know, with these most recent reports at thirty to one. 
as you consider all the different you know universes that spin out from this offseason in Jacksonville, I do think that's probably about right, but it's probably a little bit of short value, even if everything goes well for them. So there's certainly no way I could make that bet right now. Um, an interesting team to keep an eye on, though, just because with that defense, with some of the skill position players that Here they might have, I mean, if Nick Foles is a 15% improvement over, over Blake Bortles, which I think is reasonable to assume, it's going to be a really interesting team. I'll say this. Jacksonville is going to be a, a team to keep an eye on week in, week out. But as for a Super Bowl futures bet, nah, not that ain't me. No, I don't, I don't think it should be either. I think that this is one of those rare teams where they had a one-year window. And somehow that one-year window closed very, well, very fast. Well, everything went right for them, right? Well, everything yeah. went right. Blake Bortles had a hell of a year. Jalen Ramsey was first-team All-Pro as a second-year player. They just found like they had the perfect defensive line, getting pressure on quarterbacks. They didn't have any of that last year. And being a Seahawks fan, you see what a defense that has a ton of alpha males can do. Mm-hmm. They they devoured each other. They threw each other under the bus. <laughs> And then now, all of a sudden, it's not the same team. Yeah, they, they caught people by surprise, and they're not doing that anymore. That's just not happening. Plus, in the division, they've got to pass the Colts, who only appear to be headed up. Houston Texans, sounds like today they're going to franchise tag Clowney, so he's not going anywhere. And Will Fuller will be healthy. They'll replenish the offensive line. I think the Texans, much better Super Bowl odds uh, than the Jags. And Tennessee, word came out, uh, I believe Adam Schefter this weekend, saying, the Titans were one of three teams on the Antonio Brown hunt. Antonio Brown, Mariota, like it, the Titans, I would say, are a better bet than the Jags. We don't even know what's up with Fournette and the Jags. Remember what happened end of the season? He was on the bench, and uh, uh, I don't know if it was Marone or Coughlin, but they were complaining. This Jags team has a lot of issues. I would not be betting on them just because of Nick Foles. I think this Jaguars team coming into next year is going to be what this year's Denver Broncos were. People thought Case Keenum was going to be able to come in and get the Broncos back to the playoffs. Come to find out, backup quarterbacks really aren't that great to lead your team. <laughs> All right, so that, that wraps up a, a lengthy podcast. We're tinkering with the schedule this month. Oh, obviously, subscribe, rate, and review, as always. Uh, thank you for the shout-outs. Uh, Andrew Lynch, we don't know if we'll do a Thursday this weekend. Let's see how the week goes. I know Conrad's heavy into the college hoops. You got championship week. Uh, I will be betting a lot of college basketball this week, obviously. Um, we'll, we'll see. Definitely next week it will be ramping up with the big conference tournaments. We will be bringing on hopefully more guests. I have spoken indirectly to the guy whose college basketball algorithm has been on fire. Conrad, I think you've been uh, – I've been sending I've been you some of those totals. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm telling you guys, it was unbelievable. Saturday their totals were 6-1. and one. And I was – I mean, I, sides, I was under 500, 7-8, but – these totals are off the charts. It won in one Sunday, but they've been on a roll. Uh, and I'm hoping to get the guy who created the algorithm on the podcast. He's a listener now, so uh, he sent word that, yes, he would love to come on. Because, listen, we want to get smarter. Lynch is a big numbers guy, and uh, I don't think I'm smart enough. I'll be honest, to build an algorithm, uh, nor do I have the time. But, listen, if we can help make you smarter we would love it. So uh, for Andrew Lynch, we want to thank Sean Hurley. He one more time, producer Conrad. Coming up, winners, we'll talk to you soon.